Gracious God, as we gather this day to witness and celebrate the rite of confirmation, touch all of us in this room again with the grace of our baptism. Give us new lives for old, new spirits, new faith, new commitment, in place of all that has grown tired and stale and dead in our lives. Strengthen us for our journeys so that we may rise and go from here to meet whatever awaits us in joy and in trust. Renew in us a heart for Christ, dedication to the work of his church, and love for each other, all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, and together we all say, amen. We'll unpack the message, the uh, scripture that Christina just shared. And if you have an outline, sometimes it's helpful for me to fill those in, just to remember those things. You don't have to, but sometimes it's helpful for me. And the first thing is to actively adorn yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, what great attributes, and I can spend uh, years unpacking the words that are talked about here, but, uh, but aside from that, I'd like to talk about actively adorning ourselves, that this is something that we need to do. We don't wake up every morning full of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. At least I don't, and I'm guessing that you don't either. So it's an active imperative. The Bible says, do this every day. We heard, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, look, clothe yourself with these things, with compassion and kindness and humility, with gentleness and patience. How are you guys doing with that? <laughs> I get it wrong all the time. That's why God says, wake up every morning and do that. Decide to be compassionate. Decide to be kind. Decide to be humble. Decide to be patient. Decide to be gentle. Many of us take great, great care in picking out our clothes every day. I have a 17 and a half year old girl at home. <laughs> oh, lays them out, tries them on, tries it on with this necklace. How about these earrings? My hair's parted on the side. Should I wear these shoes? And then we go to the store in the dressing room. She tries it on in the mirror, and then she. And I know a lot of us are like that. And guys, we don't maybe go to that extent, but you know, we take some time. This tie goes with this and that, and we clothe ourselves. We, we take some time. There's some effort that we put into that. My wife has this thing called Stitch Fix. Anyone know what that is? It's for those of us, and my wife would be included, and she doesn't mind me saying that, like, really can't pick what goes together. So it's a service where they pick out clothes for you, and they send them to you, and you put them on, and you're like, wow, I look fabulous. The efforts we go to to look great are remarkable, but do we put any effort into what's really important? Patience and kindness, humility and gentleness. I'm glad you guys are wearing confirmation robes today. There was some discussion about whether we'd wear them this year or not, and if you didn't, it would have been fine. You wouldn't be any less confirmed at the end of the hour if you didn't have robes on. But it's another putting on of something, right? It's something special. You don't wear white robes all the time. This is a special day. This is a special reminder of today you are putting on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Wouldn't it be a bad idea for all of us to write those words on a card and tape it on your mirror where you get ready in the morning? I, I'm ridiculous. I have several things on my mirror. It's a mess. Uh, HGTV wouldn't visit my bathroom because I have all these scriptures and things that I want to remind myself of today, what it means to be a Jesus follower. And maybe these things, compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, just those five words would be something that you would write on your mirror every morning and go, oh yeah, God help me to clothe myself in these things. Number two, to be gracious in your relationships. To be gracious in your relationships. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other is another way to say it. Confirmands, you've learned in your confirmation class what grace means. It's to give to someone something to bless them, even though they don't deserve it. And even though it might cost you something great. When a person works an eight-hour day and receives money, that's a fair wage. 
When a person competes with an opponent and receives a trophy for the performance, that's a prize. When a person receives an appropriate recognition for his long achievements, that's an award. But when a person is not capable of earning a wage, can win no prize. When a person is not capable of doing any of these things, but a gift is given anyway, that's grace. And that's a great picture of what Jesus has done for us. We didn't deserve salvation. We didn't deserve forgiveness. But God in his grace sent Jesus to be the payment for sin anyway. And now we're being called to be gracious in our relationship. So confirmands, when your classmate is annoying, endure it. When that friend is closed and not communicating, be patient with them anyway. When your siblings offend you, forgive them. And when that person gives you a reason to retaliate, love them instead. Thirdly, what we can pull from this passage is to have a heart of forgiveness. This is the key to our Christian faith, that we were away from God because of our sin, but we were forgiven and brought completely into a right relationship with God the Father because of what Jesus did. Colossians 3.13, forgive, the first word, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Don't miss the part, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's an interesting point. Um, Jesus tells a story in Matthew 18. His disciples are arguing about what it means to be forgiving. And there's a king who has a servant, and that servant owes the king. Uh, The Bible describes it different ways, but so much money that there's no way he could ever pay it back. Let's say $10 billion. (laughs) You owe me $10 billion. Give it to me. And the servant says, be patient with me. I'll pay you back. Just give me some time. The king knows that he can never pay him back. So he says, guess what? I forgive you of this whole debt. Go and live a big life. So this guy who's just been forgiven $10 billion goes out and finds a friend of his who owes him 10 bucks. And he grabs him by the throat and begins to choke him, the Bible says. And the dude says, give me my money now. And the guy says, I don't have it right now. Give me a chance to earn it. I'll pay you back. And the guy says, no. And he has him thrown in prison, him and his family. Well, the other people see what happened and they go to the king. King, that dude that you forgave $10 billion, he just choked a guy for 10 bucks and threw him in prison. And now the king is outraged. He says, bring that guy to me. And he's brought to him. And the king says, you owed me 10 billion bucks and I I forgave you? And then you go out there and choke a guy who owes you 10? And then the Bible says, you are a wicked servant. He says, throw them away. Throw him away into outer darkness where he will be tormented, the Bible says. Forgive as God forgave you. We owe God a sin debt that we can never pay back. And God said, you are forgiven. So now we don't grab someone and shake them and say, you were mean to me. I'm not forgiving you. Bigger, bigger sins, you stole from me. We forgive as God forgave us. Um, number four for us this morning, let God's lo- love power all of these things. Right? I laid these things before you. Right now you're going, oh man, that guy in the front of the church is telling me to do all this hard stuff. How, how in the world am I supposed to pull this off? I know myself. Let's God, let God's power Uh, His love, power, all these things. From our text, Colossians 3, over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. It's no great surprise that the original Greek for this word love is a word many of us know called agape. It's a kind of love that wants to bless that person no matter what it costs us. It's the kind of love that loves that person no matter what it costs us. So confirmands decide to love. Decide to put, on, put the other person first. Decide to love in a way that brings unity. Decide to love in a way that strengthens friendships. 
I don't know if um, any of you guests here today saw the chalices. You'll have a chance to see them on your way out as you walk out these doors, take a hard right, and they're chalices that the confirmands decorated because they'll celebrate their first communion today. We thought that would be a good thing. So they painted their chalices. They're beautiful. They had them fired and glazed. And these are things that you can keep for the rest of your lives. And and when you did that, maybe you talked about um, Isaiah 6 or Jeremiah 18, where God is described as the potter and we are the clay, and he's the one who forms us and makes us. And think about that. Think about what you do to clay when you form it and shake it. You squeeze it. It hurts. You stretch it far beyond it wants to be stretched to make it into what you, the master potter, want it to be. And God's doing that with you, and God's doing that with all of us. In his love, he squeezes, and it hurts. Really, God, you're letting that happen to me. And then he stretches us, and you're like, God, really, you're letting that happen to me. But he's the master potter, and we're the clay, and he's forming us into something beautiful that will be fired and glazed and can shine for all the world to see. So that all the world will know that we're different, that we are Jesus people. So a couple more things to touch on. These are kind of tag-ons just because we have to honor the entire scripture that was read. This kind of love brings peace. Man, I'd like to have peace in my life. How about you? That kind of Peace comes through God's love. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body, you were called to peace. It's a beautiful kind of peace and we don't have a lot of time to spend on that today, but think about that, that with God's love, you also have peace in your heart. And finally, this kind of love also brings thankfulness. Colossians 3.15 ends the whole thing with simple words and be thankful. Be grateful. Uh, Gratefulness uh, comes from humility from understanding what you deserved and what you really got, not thinking of yourself so much, being thankful. What are you thankful for? These confirmation services, and I'm not exaggerating, used to be three and a half hours, and they were so long we had to have an intermission in the middle. I'm thankful this is a short one. (laughs) You guys thankful that there's no more Wednesday night confirmation classes? It's okay. I was too at the end of mine. I mean, I loved it, but I was like, ooh, that's cool. That's over. Thankful and be thankful. I'm grateful that you're here today um, confirming your baptism. Moms and dads and relatives and friends, we're so thankful for you too. And let me just end with the jumping back to that idea of stitch fix. The idea that we're called to close ourselves in these ways, but God really is the person at the other end of the stitch fix. He's the one who knows what we need and he provides it for us. Stitch Fix sends you these boxes of clothes and you open them up and put them on. You're like, this looks good. God is the one who does it. We're not here trying to generate goodness or virtue in ourselves because we can't. God gives us his goodness through the cross and we receive it. And that's what you're confirming today. I wrapped up um, the sermon last year with this and it's kind of a bizarre illustration, but I think it makes the point and I will do it again here. And this is especially for guys your age because you're aware of Jesus and his love for you, and he's got you firmly in his hand. But the world has temptations, and the world will be a seductress and say, leave Jesus behind and come be with me. So all of us, think of yourself, you're downtown somewhere. It doesn't matter what city, and there's something going on over there. There's a protest and a riot, and there's some violence and some rumblings, and you're watching, wow, there's something going on over there. And faster than you can imagine, it's kind of coming toward you. And now you're realizing, oh, no, I think I'm going to be in, in danger here. And it kind of overtakes you. And you're in the middle of this craziness. And then the worst thing happens. Someone grabs you from behind and begins to drag you away. And you think, oh, no, I'm going to die today. But the worst thing turns into the best thing. It's a police officer. And he grabs you and he sees that you're in trouble. And he wants to keep you safe, so he apprehends you. Think of that word. He takes you into his custody. 
And the safest place he has for you right now is in the back of one of those police vans. I honestly have never been in the back of one of those. I, I honestly have not. But, I, you know, like one of those police vans, and you're in there, and he closes the door, and it's a weird place to be, but you're safe from the craziness and the violence and the death that's outside. But you're looking through that window, and it looks interesting to you. It actually looks like some of the people are having fun. There's people with their arms around each other, and they seem to be shouting things that you would like to shout, and it becomes bizarrely intriguing to you. Even though you've been pulled away and put in a safe place, What's happening in the world looks like something that you would actually rather now be a part of. And oh, by the way, you're inside, inside of the back of a police van. It doesn't look too comfortable. A lot of metal and white paint. So something happens in your brain. A switch is turned. Bizarrely, you think you'd rather be out there than in the safe place. So you begin to kick out the window. And it's hard to kick out the window. Those things are made to keep people in. But if you try hard enough and long enough to get away from safety... You will. You'll kick out the window and you'll jump out and you'll join in with the culture of death. So it's not a very good illustration because life in Christ is a lot more fabulous than being in the back of a police van. But it's the best illustration I could think of. But what will happen is you'll be safe in Christ through your life and you'll look out at the world and go, huh, that actually looks kind of fun. And you know what? Some of it is. But it's a culture of death and destruction and darkness and confusion away from Christ. And Christ has you securely in his hand. The Bible is clear on that, that if we are in Christ, no one can take us away. But if you start to kick the window out hard enough and keep telling God, I'd rather be out there, God, than with you, eventually, eventually he'll go, okay. And you will be out of security and out of the blessing and out of the beauty that God has for your life, and you will be in this place of chaos and destruction and eventually death. Stay where it's safe. Stay where Christ has you for all of us. Stay where it's safe in God's good graces. Some next steps to wrap up with this morning. Um, challenges for you. Live out the words of your baptism and your confirmation. You confirmands and all of you today that God grabbed you. He apprehended you like that police officer at your baptism and said, this one's mine. I'm taking them to safety. Live those out. Number two, every day clothe yourself with the godly attributes that we talked about, those things at the beginning of Colossians 3.12. And finally, let God's love in you make all that possible. We can't do it ourselves, we know. Let God's love in you make all that possible. Let's come together in prayer. God of our ancestors, we thank you for what you've done and will continue to do with our sons and daughters. Walk with them in life and keep the evil one from obstructing their path. You see all. You know where the water is deep. Keep them from danger. Order their steps. Guide their feet while they run the race of faith. May the good work that you have begun in them be brought to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. We pray it in his name, and together we all say, Amen.